Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Lucky, episode 13 of Three Dads and a Console. Today, I'm Wobble Plays. Well, I'm Wobble Plays every day, I guess. But today, we are joined by Pez, a.k.a. Greg. Good to see you, Pez. What's the crack, gentlemen? I've learned that from a uh, Irish streamer, the Happy Celt. He says, what's the crack when people come in? And I really like it, so I'm taking it. That sounded more lewd than I thought it was. Uh, Court is not here with us today, but he is in our thoughts. But we are also joined by UK streamer and one of my favorite Twitch streamers, the hero's legend himself, Grand Duteous. Grand, welcome to the program. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> lovely intro. Absolutely lovely. Thank you. But I bet you say that to all your, uh, all your favorite Twitch streamers, though. No, they're not all from the UK, so I have to uh, uh, change that bit. <laughs> today, we've got a lot of special things planned, a lot of good topics. Um, but today, we want to introduce Grand. So Grand Duteous, just to give folks a heads up, he's a variety streamer. He doesn't play NHL. He respects hockey. In the way that only a Rocket League player can. And I've known him since I started streaming for two, three years. I don't know. It's been forever now. So we want to have him on the program, introduce him to all of you. Uh, so Grant, tell us a bit about yourself as a gamer, as a, a content creator. Where do I start? Well, I'll be brutally honest. I'm not a streamer. I'm an entertainer. I think that's kind of stands myself out from everyone else in the whole Twitch content creating world. Well, shall I? I'll just start from the very beginning. Greetings, heroes! It is I, Grand Duteous, UK streamer, host, and co-founder of the Grand Duteous Time Network. We don't do just one show. We have many, many, many shows. And quite frankly, we do have something for everyone. I've been doing this for over four years now. The big five years coming up in October. 24-hour show coming up. Lots of projects. Lots and lots of secret things for the community. But... I tell you something for nothing. It has been an absolute blast, and just kind of tagging along what Weber was saying, you know, he's an absolute legend. And NHL for the win, woo! I know a lot of the you guys are NHL players out there. <laughs> well, they play it. They might not necessarily like it, so don't worry. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, same difference. <laughs> so, Grant, tell us about about your uh, your first console. Oh my God, this goes back to was about about five years old. I think five, yeah, I think I say about five years old. My dad bought me a Sega Mega Drive for my birthday. To everyone overseas, the Sega Genesis over here in the UK, Sega Mega Drive. It's all I'll ever know it as. I remember waking up one day, coming to the living room, my dad's having all these wires and everything. We had a tiny, tiny little TV back then. And all I see is this little blue fuzzy thing running across the stream. What the blooming hell is that? And Lo and behold, first Sonic. I had no idea what it was all about. I could get past the first two levels and kept dying on the third. I kind of just fell in love with it. I mean, it's like one of the only sort of games that I actually played. But during my years, the more I sort of got into gaming, the more diverse my, my sort of gaming selection was. I mean, I'll always remember World Cup Italian 90 and Last Battle. Not a lot of people know what Last Battle is. You know, your Golden Axes and all that jazz. It's just games that kind of started me on, on a journey through exploring everything. And, you know, everyone had their little Super Nintendos and their Game Boys and their Game Gears. I only had my Mega Drive and I just kind of fell in love with it, if I'm really honest. We like to talk first console. And we also like to talk favorite game. So I like to throw in the two questions. Favorite game of all time, and then your favorite game on the Mega Drive. 
Okay, well, I'll, I'll take the second question first because it's relative, I think. My most favourite game on the Mega Drive would have to be Streets of Rage 2. I fell in love with it. It was probably one of the best beat-em-ups. Beat-em-ups, level jump, whatever you want to call it, that I've ever played. It was smooth. It was fluid. I just had so much fun. And the, the, the challenge was there. A lot of people would all just stick it onto easy, go through the story modes, and that's it. I, even though I never, ever, ever completed it before in my life without cheats, may I add, Mania was always so much fun because you could never survive. And I always believed if you played Max, if you always broke their back, you're going to win the game. Level three, always died of that slasher guy right at the end. It's like, ah, but hey, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. The favorite game of all time. I've actually got three. They're, they're completely opposite to um, what I'm normally used to. I, I hate horror games. I absolutely hate horror games with a passion, but it seems like everyone else loves me getting scared. So No, you play them all the time. You hate them? <laughs> I, I do. So I, I put my hands up now. I hate the horror genre with a, such a passion. There is a story behind that. I don't know if you want to hear about it, but my, I, you say my all-time favorite game, it has to be switched down to three. And unbelievably, they're all in the horror genre. In no particular order, I may add. Alien Isolation, one of the greatest games ever because... You are in a story. You, you It's not like you, you're your protagonist and you're walking around and you're trying to find things. You are actually in the story itself. Every little thing, every little place that you are exploring, you are there. The one thing that tears Alien Isolation apart from everyone else is the atmosphere. Now, if you were to put, if you, if you would listen through the game on, on some speakers or whatever like that, unless you've got surround sound, you don't really appreciate it. However, if you've got your headphones, like I do, you can hear, you can feel everything. And it scares a little bejeebus out of me. It really, really does. And I love it. I just love it because I actually feel like I'm there. I did it with a show on our then Alternative Wednesday show. Did it for two weeks and I couldn't sleep. I was too scared. had <laughs> nightmares. And on the third week, uh, one of the heroes uh, said, why don't we just call the alien, the xenomorph, a nice name? And Dave the xenomorph was created. So every time we saw Dave, it actually felt a lot better. You know? <laughs> the other two is from a, a developer called Red Candle Games. Now, I don't know if a lot of people know the controversy. I say controversy. It's not really controversial. It's everyone else making the controversy out of it. But they made two amazingly beautiful games. Again, horror. One called Detention which was based on true events in Taiwan in the 1960s during the martial law. And the second one uh, is uh, Devotion. And Devotion, again, is set in the 1980s, the life around Taiwan again. And I'll be brutally honest, it, it's the type of game which really does put you on an emotional roller coaster. You are scared senseless because it's a horror, but you break down crime because you feel like that you're walking in the shoes of the characters. Every little thing, every minor detail, it hits you where it hurts and unexpected times. And I promise you, I bawled my eyes out at the end of both games. It's absolutely incredible storytelling. So yeah, those are definitely my top three. <laughs> 
Pez, weren't you just talking about Alien Isolation the other day? So, first off, you drew me in with Streets of Rage 2 because it's one of my favorite Genesis games. And then you blew my mind with Isolation because I, <laughs> our last podcast, uh, one of the readers asked, what, a listeners asked, what was your favorite horror game? I immediately was Alien Isolation. One of the scariest games I've ever played. And I just, and I loved it. And I am not a horror games person. You are, Grand Duties, you are on the right podcast for people who do not like horror games because uh, both Wava and I cannot play them. And Alien Isolation blew me away. Uh, it felt like you were in the Alien series. You know, you had your CRT TVs. It was, uh, it was like strict out of the 80s. It was, it was just mwah, chef kiss. If, too bad it's not a video podcast because I was geeking out the whole time when you were talking. And it's such a wonderful story as well. They've kind of tied it in with the films. They tied it in with the whole sort of... Um, uh, not just the nostalgia, but the whole sort of character design. And they've made it as its own. Now, coming off the back of Colonial Marines, and everyone knows how much of a of a hell hole that was, even though it was as hilarious as it shouldn't have been, they had a lot to prove. It's going to be one of those timeless, timeless games, a bit like Deep Space, a little bit like uh, Soma, uh, just to name a couple of horrors off the top of my head. If you ever get a chance to play it, even if it's your first time, do so, do so, do so. If there was a machine that would suck out every single bit of memory from Alien Isolation, I'd be more than happy to play it over and over again. It is that good. It really, really is. I keep trying to get Waba to play it on stream and he won't do it. But Dead Space no. is also a good one. Oh man, Dead Space is a great game as well. Have you played that, Waba? No. Oh man, no. that Why? game is also quite scary. No. So I, I, I will only do horror games for exceptions. Me and Grant tried to coordinate a co-horror stream, which can still happen. I have the game. I'll probably play single player mode and then we'll do the, we'll still make it happen. Well, I hate to break it to you, but we got the new Man and Madan coming out this year. And even though, you know, the barbecue was a lot better than streaming with me with or trying to get through. Um, but I, I got a feeling me and you're going to have to do that third one together. I'm I feel like I owe it to you at this point. So we'll make it happen. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Grand, you're a variety streamer. What games are you playing now? Offline. Um, I, I hate to say it, I'm into the whole sort of cyberpunk thing, but only offline, not during the shows for obvious reasons but because you know i was just mentioning we got the five-year anniversary show coming up in october um we've actually started a community project on seven days to die and i've been spending quite a few hours trying to build things from scratch and i was having a bit of a, a research on um, how to do electricity and all that jazz and and since we're speaking about sport in nhl i'm actually started the season four podium pass in Formula One 2020. I absolutely adore Formula One. It's one of those games that I really want to get into. Um, I've actually bought a steering wheel. I forgot what it was bloody well called then for a second. A steering wheel and uh, pedals to really sort of get myself into it. That, that, that's sort of the three sort of games that I'm really sticking my neck into right now the racing games are so hard for me because I'm just used to Mario Kart where you just ram into people. 
So I had a NASCAR game on my PC, like way, way back when, before I even get, and literally all I would do is just the race would start. I would turn the car around and just see how I could just crumple the car. Don't recommend doing that. But that's the most fun though. That's the most fun. If you're having a, if you're doing a racing game, you can, it, it's, it's a bit like Grand Theft Auto, isn't it? I mean, it, it's fun driving through the red lights and smashing into things, but Going against the rules and actually stopping at a red light. That's where it's more fun. <laughs> actually abiding by the rules. You know, if you're in NASCAR, what you got to do is beat the other racer and come first place. Nah, turn the car around and try and smash someone into head first. Hey, what could happen? I will say uh, having a wheel and pedal, I feel so much easier to play a racing game. I 100% agree. I was a controller peasant when I first started playing Formula One 2019. And I had a lot of people coming and saying, you need to get a wheel because it's a lot easier. And the first time I actually played it, okay, admittingly, I didn't know what I was expecting. I was slipping and sliding, going too sharp in the corners and losing my wheels or retiring rate. When you start sort of figuring out the calibration and all that jazz and sort it out to a point where you feel comfortable, the experience just multiplies through what you're feeling if you're going over humps if you've got a broken wing or if you're understeering and it's, i'm not just talking about formula one as well one of my best mates um devious racing he plays uh gran turismo on the playstation and he actually got me into the whole sort of driving sim sort of thing i didn't really understand why people were enjoying racing games and things like that. But until you're actually sitting in a racing seat and you feel the vibrations, you feel that the car is going too fast and stuff like that, that's when you sort of start to realize maybe racing games is not just what it is. You know, you can't really take uh, judge a book by its cover unless you're doing it yourself. You have that newfound of respect for it and quite frankly i you know i'll put my hands up it was it's it's a it's, a, it's really decent everyone should just give it a go even if it's once so now our most important question that we ask our guests what is your unpopular gaming opinion oh my god brutally 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 i've been thinking yes. about this for a long time battle royale games are probably one of the most toxic communities i've ever come across in my gaming career and i don't care what anyone says i don't care what battle royale game you're playing whether it be fortnite whether it be PUBG, whether it be h1z1 call of duty whatever it may be and i'm not going to say i'm salty because i've never had a solo win before in my life but there are so many toxic people out there i for one i enjoy battle royale games not for winning just to have fun just to get a group of my mates get everyone together have a laugh you know do some really random stuff but there's people that go way too far and when you kill them because it's a great kill not that i've had great kills but maybe more lucky kills than anything You'll always get people coming into if you're doing a show or whatever like that. They'll come in and say, "Oh, you're hacking me!" No, just get better. Or I'm sorry, but it was a lucky shot. Or they just carry on and on and on and on and on. And it's not just the adults. The adults rub off on on the kids as well. Now, admittingly, taking the likes of PUBG, Call of Duty, they're 18 rated, mums and dads. Okay, they're 18 rated. Your kids shouldn't be playing it. 
but there's a reason, not because of the blood and guts and everything like that, because us adults understand that there's always going to be blood. There's always going to be crashes in car games or, or whatever it may be. It's the mentality. Because kids watch content creators on YouTube, live on Twitch or Mixer, God bless its soul, they think that what they see in front of them is actually acceptable in real life. It isn't. It isn't toxic. Just, just anything toxic about it will spread to everyone. And kids, that they, they basically copy you. They basically copy you. And then they, they spread to their friends. And then you get the aggression going on. And then the mom and dad saying, oh, it's this aggression. I don't know where it's coming from. There's a big reason for it. And it's very, very rare nowadays that you'll find someone to say, you know what? GG, great kill. Going on to the next one. I find it more in, in, in Battle Royale games. Fortnite, as I said, Fortnite is always attracted to the young audience. Always, always, always attracted to the young audience. And you'll always find someone being super salty and, and they're really spoiling the experience for everyone. And on top of that, you know, you'll, you'll have all your, your hackers, people who are playing with aimbots and wall hacks. Why? Why? Just go out there and have fun. And if you don't win, go into the next game, you carry on. I know I've upset pretty much three quarters of the of the FPS Battle Royale games genre out there. I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> it is. I agree. Pez, what were you playing right before we started recording? Call of Duty Warzone. And also, don't <laughs> apologize to them. Because <laughs> here's the thing. It is super toxic. I play Call of Duty because my friends and I enjoy it. The problem I've always run into, you snipe a guy in the head, right? The death comms come up. Who knows what he's going to say? Usually it's F-U-U-N-word. That's usually what happens. And for a streamer like me, even I'm a small channel, but if I'm a big channel and that's that goes against TOS and, you know, people want to be salty and report it, you can get thrown off. Like I follow a guy on YouTube gaming called Good Game Bro, and he was posting on his Twitter a bunch of people like doing that. Like death comms come in. They use racial epithets, and then he's like, all right, let's report them. So it's just, uh, like, someone kills me, and I'm just like, nice night, and that's it, because I don't I don't care. Like, I, I don't try to get sweaty about it. It's, I'm playing Call of Duty with my three friends, and all we're doing is cracking jokes on stream. Like, it's not, to us, it's not a big deal. Battle Royale, ooh, super toxic, and I play the games, you know? And I know they're toxic. Kids are impressionable. Like when Fortnite was the big thing, we kind of talked about this last week uh, with kind of Ninja's thoughts, but he and that crew did not swear because they were very aware of that. And unfortunately, that isn't the case all the time. Like people do like say like gamer words and get like really mad and say things they shouldn't. And where do you think the kids learn them? From these folks. I'm not good at those games. I don't play them. I got one solo win in Fortnite and then the game deleted my replay so I couldn't upload it to YouTube for clout. So I'm I I've stopped playing Fortnite after that. I, I did re-download it because I had a BTS concert. I hear that all the time. Yeah, I did get a solo win, but my stream got deleted, so I can't prove it. Mm, yeah, okay. It was offline. Okay. I'm so mad. Like I'm so mad about that. In the words of the uh, great Wobba plays, if it's not on stream, it didn't happen. I don't that's hear right. About it. If content isn't <laughs> captured, it's like it never happened. So that's a good uh, unpopular game opinion, Grant. That, uh, I, I think that's fair, but I think it's enough to upset people. So that's exactly what we want. Nothing though. better to upset people than a British person saying, ha, your stuff is rubbish. You know, <laughs> especially to Americans. <laughs> we don't take that very well. Like it comes here. across so politely that people may not even be upset about it. They'll just be like, 
I agree. And, you know, they go back to playing Fortnite. So that's a little bit about Grand and who he is and a little bit about his gaming history. So now we're going to get into some of the, the topics of the stream. And this is actually the first time I think we've ever had more PC gamers on this show than not. So I'm actually a little intimidated. This whole PC gaming thing, we are a small group, but we're starting to rise up. Really. Small I group? You, <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard about PC gaming, but a lot of people do it. Speaking of uh, PC, Diablo 2 has a remake coming. This is something that I believe was leaked. I don't know if it was shared officially, but I think a, a, one of the studios was acquired that was working on it, and now it's out in the open. What are your thoughts on Diablo, and are you all in on a Diablo 2 remake? I started on Diablo 2, believe it or not, all those years ago. Uh, I was always quite late when it comes to gaming or consoles or, or you know things like that. And PC gaming, I was very, very, very late. My my mum and dad couldn't afford this, that, and the other. Or you didn't have internet or anything like that. This is years and years and years ago. But um, when we finally got our first PC, I had no idea about PC gaming and stuff like that. And my first ever game was Championship Manager. I had a friend who said, look, i got a couple of games here. Um, I'm not going to play them. It's something different. You know, why don't you try it? And one of them was Diablo 2. I didn't know what to think of it. I didn't know what it was all about. It was about warriors and magic and stuff like that. And I thought, you know what? give it a go it is one of those games that will always 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 stick to my mind and for ages and ages and ages i was offline and i didn't even know about online apart from getting all these hacked swords and stuff like that people just giving them away and i, I never knew anything about it then we had the expansion come out where you had the necromancer and the, i think not no necromancer it was the paladin and rogue i think it was i can't remember they had Country. an assassin i thought uh, amazon and an assassin it was good. It, you know, it gave a whole sort of different story to the to the whole sort of franchise. And then you had Diablo 3, which kind of expanded that and just made Diablo get itself cemented into history. With the Diablo 2 remake coming out, I do feel it's quite smoke and mirrors. For the simple reason, um, I too heard that it was actually leaked out. But after the huge... Huge disappointment that the last announcement at BlizzCon, there was a lot of talk thinking there was going to be Diablo 4. But then they come out saying, we're actually making a Diablo mobile game. No, 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 no. Don't you have phones? Uh, yeah, exactly. Don't you have phones? I'm sorry, but as someone who has, not myself, but for someone who has been standing out on, on a stage showering the love of PC gamers, Diablo, and coming out to say, don't you have phones? I'm sorry. If I was a, a PC gamer, I want to have a PC game. I don't want to play my favorite franchise on a mobile phone. I mean, come on. On a PC, you can have 27 inches of pure adrenaline, everything everywhere. You know, mods, the, the blinking lot. On a mobile phone, it'll burn in my hand. It'll be like a... I don't know, putting a hot pocket in a microwave and trying to swallow it whole. It's not going to happen. I was really surprised when I actually heard about this, this 002 remake. Yeah, okay. I think they're trying to say, oh, look, we're sorry. We didn't mean to cause offense. And I know that we've kind of sucked the life out of Diablo 3 now. So let us give you, do you a favor and let's remake where it all sort of come from. I think that's just them saying look here's a game go and play with that like a puppy with a new toy whilst i actually work on a 
the proper project. Just feel this is all sort of smoke and mirrors to kind of cover up the whole sort of mobile game malarkey. Pez, what are your thoughts on Diablo 2? Ooh, great points. I got into the franchise with Diablo 3, uh, so I don't have the experience playing Diablo 2, uh, so I am excited to play a remaster. However, I was talking about this on stream actually with Machina because he brought it up. I think I'm more looking forward to Diablo 4 at this point than going back to playing 2. When you look at Vicarious Visions, they're the studio that's rumored to be making this. They did the Crash Bandicoot in Insane Trilogy. They did Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Both came out very good in my opinion. Tony Hawk is so much fun to play, by the way. I mean, they're also working on Overwatch 2. Vicarious Visions is supporting an Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. And I don't know of your Blizzard. You put out Diablo 2 Remake, Diablo 4, and Diablo Immortal. I think is what the mobile game is called. I don't know how you kind of saturate the market now with Diablo. Because I, I don't see Diablo 4 coming out this year. My guess is maybe 2022. I have no idea. All we've seen is BlizzCon 2019. They showed us like a, felt like a 25 minute trailer. Am I excited for it? Yeah. Am I going to play it? Probably not. I have three on PC. I have three on Switch. So I can get my Diablo fix anytime I want. But I think people are excited about it. And if they're excited about it, I'm happy for him. You say you never played the original Diablo 2 yet? I have not. I would highly recommend playing Diablo 2 before the remake. Okay. Play the original first. Seriously, played it through once. Even if you chuck it just on easy, just trying to get all the, the, the characters, not just the characters, but the actual feel of the original Diablo 2. Because looking at Diablo 2 and comparing it to Diablo 3, it's completely different diablo 2 was released in 2000 i might be wrong here i do apologize i think it was released in 2004 2005 i'm guessing here this is like the start of of, of pc gaming 2000 uh, even earlier than that which is wow. surprising to me but the wow. re the um the expansions might have come out in 2004 2005 the the bail one when people got into it that's yeah that's right i'm getting them confused but even in 2000 the graphics at that time was so well it just felt futuristic i mean nobody would have thought 3d models would have come out on a pc especially with all the graphics cards and all the sort of the pc builds it wasn't pcs weren't built for gaming that much at that time you know it's not you're looking at your rooms and your sorry your, your cyberpunks or your you know, modern warfares or whatever it may be. It was literally you had Tomb Raider one PlayStation graphics. And you know, I'm 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 not even gonna go into, you know, this is three dads in the game, which is very PG thirteen, but you can imagine what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I've been there, we've all played it. But you can actually get a sense of where they wanted to sort of take how the characters were built all the magic early magic and, and stuff like that it feels really ahead of its time i think that's what i wanted to try and say if the remake comes out don't play the remake yet play the original first and then compare it diablo 2 is one of my all-time favorite pc games i have two pc games still on disc i don't have a disc drive return to castle wolfenstein which i played all the time online and diablo 2 that was, those were the two first online games I ever played because I was a console. I played Nintendo. They didn't have online. 
And Diablo 2, I, I wasn't excited about it until we started talking about it. And I know, Grant, you said that it's probably smoke and mirrors and trying to... I think it is trying to fill a gap because I think everything else is getting delayed. Um, Vicarious Visions does excellent work. I'm going to play it. That might be weird to hear. I'm going to play a PC game. I don't know if my PC can handle it, but I'm going to play it. That game is so cool. And I played so many hours of it. I just loved just grinding, doing the bail runs, the Mephisto runs. I knew all the gear. I had all the good stuff. I was a degenerate in that game. I scammed people. I knew people who duped Stone of Jordans, which was used as currency. Uh, I was not a uh, honest player, but uh, I ended up getting banned, and that's what happens. But I had a lot of fun doing it. I like that game, and I, I am going to play it. And yeah, it's it's unusual. I don't get excited for PC games, but that's what I'm looking forward to. I guess the question we need to ask ourselves, and this was going back to what you were saying a bit earlier, Pez. Why is Blizzard trying to saturate the entire Diablo series? First of all, we've got Diablo Immortals for the mobile. We've got the talk of Diablo 4, whether it's actually been done. Even though we have seen little snippets and stuff like that, the question is when it's going to be coming out. And now we've got the news of Diablo 2 remake. Are they actually looking at releasing three titles? in what could possibly be in the space of two years. Well, and I think the question, what is starting to creep into my mind as we talk about this more, is how Bethesda dealt with Elder Scrolls. We have Elder Scrolls V, which is literally on anything you can play. I'm sure you could put it on a fridge if your fridge could run it. Uh, we have uh, Elder Scrolls Blades on mobile. Who was asking for a uh, mobile Skyrim? Probably nobody. And then Elder Scrolls Online, right? So now you have uh, three ways that you can get into Elder Scrolls, but one of them is as old as Skyrim is. The other one is a mobile game that is basically just a microtransaction mess. And the second is a paid subscription model. You know, is that kind of where Blizzard is going to go with Diablo 4? Who knows? Nobody has any idea, but I can guarantee we're going to see a microtransaction mess with Diablo Immortal if it's free to play even if it's not because let's be honest activision loves their money so they're gonna make it as much as they can make it. a market saturation of immortal and I'm, i'll take immortal out of it because i don't know how many are gonna play but a, a saturation of either four and two remastered or reignited or whatever they're calling it is just gonna fracture your player base i don't know what their plan is but i got a big bang of bethesda and elder scrolls off of it and i don't really like it I'm not going to play Diablo 4. I say that now. I don't think my computer can run it. I'm probably not going to play Diablo 4, so maybe they're going for people like me who like want the nostalgia but are too scared to upgrade their GPU. Well, I mean, aren't you upgrading yours? So this is because my brother-in-law, so he is selling me his bigger case. That doesn't improve the performance. That's just something easy. He's getting a better one. I believe I'm upgrading my CPU. It's like that chip thing that you glue on it in yes, the, on the motherboard. Your... That is your CPU. Yep. Okay. And I'm it's just, not I'm glued just... thermal paste, so if you grab a thing of Elmer's, Put it back because it's not going to work correctly. Well, because the one I got, so when we built it, he uh, he basically sent me all the parts on sale and I bought it piecemeal. My chip right now still has value. So I'm going to buy his because I think he's upgrading to something even better. I'm going to sell mine. And so the difference sh should pretty much be what I paid for the original ones. I think that's going to improve streaming. I don't know if it's going to improve my, my graphics card. I don't want to get into PC gaming, but there are certain games, especially like Diablo. When I hear the name, I'm like, it's meant to be played on a PC. I recognize that. I appreciate that. You can play it on a console, but like you need the F keys and the macros. You need to be able to heal quickly and switch spell. It's I respect the PC grind, especially when it comes to MMOs. <laughs> Two is very near and dear to my heart. Maybe, you know, maybe I pick up four after. So who knows? 
Can I get a little off topic? Why don't you want to get into PC gaming? Grand Duties, this is now where we can just jump on him because Quart's not here and he has no one to defend himself. I don't like using a mouse and keyboard. For shooters, It's I don't think it's accurate. I don't have the equipment for it. It's very expensive to start. So I know it's cheaper like with the games and stuff, but to actually get a good PC, I don't know. I prefer consoles and I, I know the games are cheaper on sale. I don't like digital media as much. I prefer like the actual game and I know PC, I don't even have a disc drive anymore. I guess I've been in the PlayStation ecosystem for so long where I just prefer those games. I prefer the exclusive experiences and I know you can get that on PC, but I can also get most of that on console. But for very specific games, I'm like if they did a Return to Castle Wolf and Sun remake, you'll never see me again. I don't know. It's just I, I don't think it's for me. I also the players are better and uh, they don't have a NHL. That's another big reason. Can I? Uh, I, I oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, go ladies first. Okay, thank you. I was gonna say, uh, I was. God, our guests love to rip on me. It's so great. Uh, I am when it comes to PC gaming. I am a heathen that still plays with a controller. So it's not like out of the question. Like when I play Call of Duty and I'm sniping faces off, it's with a controller. I've tried mouse and keyboard. I can't wrap my little brain around it because I've been playing with a controller for the past thirty years. So I struggle on like. You know what what kind of claw method should i use on waz and stuff like that um so yeah i mean you can play with a controller and be perfectly fine i'm just letting you know just throwing it out there for someone that's really grew up with the whole sort of not just console but with pc sort of gaming you know it depends on on the game that you play now once upon a time when i started when I started the whole sort of PC gaming sort of thing, I was actually using the arrow keys to play Quake 3 Arena. There was, I never believed in this WASD and all that jazz. I just thought, well, hang on a minute. It's just taking too much sort of keyboard space. I could just shove my keyboard all the way to the side, use the arrow keys because I actually see what's up and down and left and right and use my mouse. It was that easy. And then everyone started saying, oh, actually, if you go over to here, this is, I started using WASD, um, World of Warcraft. Ironically, the World of Warcraft was my first ever um, RPG. You are so much more sort of flexible with things. So I'm going to throw out because it was released on Friday, the whole Yakuza remastered, the 345 was released on Steam. You need to play that with a controller. You can't play that on, on a keyboard because it just feels so weird. It really, really does. You can play some games with a mouse and keyboard. You can play some games with a controller. You can play some games with a driving wheel or or the Hubble telescope. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it's so much flexible. And when people saying, I want to play PC, but I don't have the specs, I can't afford it. You don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a gaming rig you really really don't you can buy yourself a basic rig i guarantee you're not going to have ultra graphics and stuff like that i respect that okay i respect that i know you want to play the likes of call of duty you want to see that squirrel shadow at ten thousand yards down your sniper scope i get that i understand that Get yourself a basic rig, get yourself the basic knowledge, and enjoy yourself. Just like entertain, just like streaming. Nobody, but nobody 
when they start out streaming, they've got themselves a £3,000 rig, a £200 webcam or, or stream decks or stuff like that. When I started, I had a C920. I had a PC, which I picked up secondhand for about three, 400 quid. And I had one monitor and the wife. You know, I didn't pay for the wife. That's a different story. But anyway, <laughs> but you don't need it. You just enjoy what you have. And then further down the line, if you think, oh, actually, I want to see what the remaster is like. I want to have it in ultra graphics and stuff like that. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. But don't go out and buy yourself a stupid amount of money rig. Start basic. Enjoy PC gaming and go from there. And over to you, Weber. You know, using that excuse to say, oh, I don't see myself as a PC gamer. I'm just a console peasant. That sounds you know? exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone learns. Everyone learns. When we were younger, our first job, no work experience. We we didn't know what, what worked entailed. We didn't know what taxes were when we got our first paycheck. We walked in that shop door. We did what we were told. And we saw what it was like. We learned. We learned where we want to go. We learned what we want to do, what works, what doesn't work. It's exactly the same as, as getting yourself a PC. If you don't take that first step, you're not going to learn. And that's the most fun out of it. Like last night, I only realized after over 200 hours of Seven Days to Die that I found out that there's actually a shortcut to get all the items that I actually want. I grinded yesterday for six whole hours trying to get the best of the best stuff, getting killed loads and loads of times. And there was actually one little button which I could bring up a menu to get whatever I wanted. I learned from it, and I think you should too. I think the scariest thing about PC gaming, half joking, is when you look at an Overwatch lobby and the names on the other team are all in Korean. Oh, uh, you know you're done. Actually, that's a good thing. If they're in a Korean, they're going to carry you, mate. No, not if they're on the other <laughs> team, then you're done. Oh, right. <laughs> then... You jump into an online uh, Overwatch lobby. I'll keep you alive. Don't worry. You know that. We're going to now skip ahead to some of the topics that came in through our listeners. The first one. I don't know where we got this from, but somebody had asked, what's the most overrated game franchise? Well, I've already um, destroyed an entire sort of battle royale community. So what could be worse? Probably one of the most overrated game franchises out there. Probably another unpopular opinion but would have to be the whole sort of Mortal Kombat franchises i know before anyone says whoa 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 hang on a second we're talking about from the mega drive games all the way up to mortal kombat 11 we've got amazing storylines we've got amazing characters we have x-rays and bloods and gore galore i get that i love mortal kombat i do i love what they've done i love all the changes that they've done they've progressed but it's just too much. It really, really is. There's only so many times you can actually perform a fatality. Now, going back right at the beginning, when we had Mortal Kombat, the first ever Mortal Kombat on the Mega Drive, which was banned or was potentially going to be banned in the US and the UK because of the blood. Of course, we loved cheats back then, the blood code. Abacab. 
There you go. Abacab. We love the Abacab. Magic words, as it were. The fatalities then were hard to do. It was a challenge. But now, fast forward into Mortal Kombat 11, you've got all your old characters, you've got your new characters, you've got the character design. Now, the storyline, fantastic. I love the, the offline single player. It's brilliant. But you play the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's just getting silly. You've got Robocop. You've got Terminator. You've got Rambo. You've got Jason. You've got Alien. You've got Predator. I mean, come on. Don't get me wrong. Having new characters in there, good, brilliant. It's, it's now 2D. It's now a piece of paper. You can't milk it anymore. It just feels like Fortnite over again. You know, oh, let's just put Marvel characters in. Oh, let's put, um, I don't know, music that have been copyrighted. Let's put musicians in and do live events and all that jazz. Mortal Kombat, I love you. I have no disrespect to you at all. And if anything, I respect you. But enough's enough. All right, we need, we need, we need something new now. I think you're right. Well, because they needed to figure out how to monetize in a world where people do. So what did they add to Mortal Kombat X, which I th think argue it's a very good game, especially at high level tournament gameplay. They added the crypt. Well, how do you get the crypt? You unlock coins. How do you do that? By fighting or by paying. And that's how you unlock fatalities that you just aren't there in the beginning. Like you may know how to do them. Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, love those. But they monetize it. Now with these characters, which I don't even think you can use in tournaments. They're cool, but it's not... You're right. It's 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 very obvious why they're in the game. Pez. Oh my god, I'm going to make so many people mad at me. On the train of Pez's bad opinions, pulling into the station, the franchise I feel is most overrated is the Souls franchise. And I'll tell you this. I consider myself a man who loves to grind. I have 500, 600 hours in Monster Hunter World. I have my 500 hours in Animal Crossing. I am not afraid to put hours into games. But when I spend the first hour just getting my butt whooped and just being frustrated, I personally can't find that fun. I remember playing Bloodborne. It was one of the first streams I ever did like three years ago. It's probably not even on my channel anymore, right? I was playing Bloodborne stream for an hour and then my buddy messaged me he goes oh you missed this thing on the floor would have helped you and i was like i can't see it i don't know what's happening if i feel like i'm lost and i'm just getting raked over the coals and there's no progression in it for me it's not a game for me so when i played dark souls it was an absolute beatdown. i felt no gratification moving forward there was there wasn't that you know dopamine drip of hey you did a great job this is the next thing not for me People love Dark Souls. People love Demon Souls, the new one. Uh, the remake is out on PS5. People love Bloodborne. Not my kind of game. So personally, I think it's overrated, but it is what it is. Dark Souls is, you know, you're right. It, it's, it's all the same. Everyone is either rolling or evading and stuff like that. And it is so hard. And I'll, I'll be the first minute. I've never played a Blood Souls game or D Dark Souls game rather Blood Souls. Where's a Blood Break? I don't know. Dark Souls, we know what we're talking about. Coming through the same boss 20, 30, 40,000 times, trying to find the right strategy. My God, you know what? If I was to play that, I think I'll be bald. There's only so many things, there's so many times that you can have the same sort of direction to play Dark Souls. So last night I was in a Call of Duty lobby with uh, two friends. They both stream. Uh, one of them streams Bloodborne. And uh, I was watching her on Friday. And I said, I don't know 
I said, I was watching you play that and she replayed the same boss probably 25 times. And I said, I was getting so frustrated for you watching it. And it's why I made it one hour in a Bloodborne and I was like, never again. I uninstalled it from my PS4 and it came out for free. I downloaded it, looked at it. It was like, Greg, what are you doing? And deleted it again. I can't bring myself to do it. So my overrated game franchise is one that I have not played and I don't care because it's on Xbox only. I don't understand the appeal personally of Gears of War. I understand that this is a very beloved franchise. To me, it is a cover shooter. And I feel like I can see Peasant Grand freaking out. I know this high level of the story, but it just seems like waist high cover against waves of enemies. And I don't want to say it's not fun. I don't want to take that away from it because it looks fun. You know, I like Uncharted. That's the combat and that is cover shooter. But it just seems like you have these ill-proportioned space marines. Chainsaws on the, the guns are cool. So I feel like the reason why it gets a lot of attention is because Microsoft doesn't have a lot of exclusives. Not because it's genre-defining. I, I don't agree, but at the same time, I kind of agree. My, my friend got me into the whole sort of Gears of War franchise. He actually got me into Gears of War 2 when we started. And it was the only game that we would complete together. And I'm not talking about online. We would meet up sort of probably once or twice every sort of three or four months. And that was the one game that we would play through together. The storyline had me hooked. I was, you had the, the characters back, back stories and everything like that. It was gripping. It really, really was. So I thought, well, you know what? I'll go and play the first one by myself. Absolutely bloody fantastic. And then you go and put three together. I cried. At a certain scene, I think everyone knows if you play Gears of War 3, you know exactly the scene we're talking about. Admittingly, the ending was a bit pants. It tied the whole story together. The war is over and everyone lives happily ever after until Gears of War 4 and 5 come out. If if there wasn't a 4 or 5, I understand. I wouldn't, I, you know, I, I'd go over to see Wabber and I'd probably throttle him right now. But with the whole 4 and 5, I wholly when you do take the looks of four or five yes it is a cover shooter yes you do get waves and waves of enemies that's what it's all about it's a war at the end of the day but i i do get where you're coming from weber i really really do and now i think there's a rumor that six is being made or written or something like that i just think enough's enough i think it gets a lot of support from the xbox community because there aren't a lot of other games like if you match against sony's lineup and we're not going to do that, but like, if you do, it's like, where does it fit in? It's not at the top. Is it in the middle? I don't even know if it's there. So that's why I just, I think the ecosystem it's in is like important. So coming from the outside, that's kind of why I'm seeing it through that lens. But Pez, what are your thoughts on Gears of War? Okay, so Gears of War was why I got an Xbox 360. Because my friend came over, we would hang out and play Gears of War the original and the second one. One of those times where you can, you and a friend could sit on the couch, play the same campaign and have a great time with it. I would disagree about genre defining because if you looked at Xbox 360 games at the time, once Gears of War came out, all games were like cover-based shooter games. You can't really name a cover-based shooter game before Gears of War came out. The thing about Gears of War, I was all in. I'm talking Gears 1, 2, 3, the books to get the lore around it. But then... What happened was uh, Microsoft and People Can Fly 
put out Gears of War Judgment and it wasn't good. So it came out between three and four and it was a prequel to one. It just wasn't good. And then Gears 4 came out. I played it. It was fine. Gears 5 came out. I loved it. Story was good. I'm not invested like I was back in the day. But Gears 1, 2, and 3 were some phenomenal cover-based shooter games on the 360 that told a good story. It was gripping. And I think what a lot of people liked about Gears of War in the beginning, it was violent. It was bloody. You had a machine gun with a chainsaw at the end of it. You had this gun called the Hammer of Dawn where you call a satellite up from the sky and just rip everything apart in front of you. You have this thing called the Torque Bow. It's basically a crossbow with like a exploding bolt at the end of it. They were some fun games. Uh, I, I know 4 and 5 is on Game Pass. I don't know if the other ones are, uh, but if you ever have the chance to check out the, the trilogy, 1 through 3, play the story. It's pretty fun. I respect the take. Don't like it, but I respect it. Our next question comes to us from at Dr. Hexdex on Twitter, and he asks, what game franchise should be resurrected? And what I want is I want an Earthworm Jim game, much like the original, in a style format of the brand new Battletoads or the brand new Streets of Rage 4. Like, I want that kind of animation, but I want an Earthworm Jim game. Not the second game, not the third game. Give me the first game where it was great music, zany characters, good puzzles where like you you had to use the his basically his head as a whip to like latch onto uh, hooks and and crawl across things and it's a great game. I want to see it resurrected in the same style of the first game. That's my choice. Grant, how about you? In all honesty, I have an Scooby Doo. I really don't know. I mean, there's, there are so many fantastic game franchises that were buzzing around during the whole sort of console era. The one sort of franchise I would love, 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 love to be resurrected would have to be the, uh, surprisingly enough, the Golden Axe franchise. I've never played one. I have played one, but I, I never owned it. Golden Axe 2 was always my sort of go-to game. It was very mild and... Even though you had the, the gameplay was actually quite hilarious, considering it's supposed to be a quite a serious game, it was always something you think, right, I can actually do better. What can I do to sort of improve myself? Now, recently I played Golden Axe 3, which I don't think was released in the UK. I think it was more of a US Japan release. But I just feel like they took a step backwards when they did Golden Axe 3. But one of the greatest things I liked about that Golden Axe 3 is you actually get to choose your path to the end game, where with, with Golden Axe 1 and 2, you would just literally follow the path straight and narrow to the end of the to the boss, and, and that was it. We got Streets of Rage 4 that was released uh, late last year. I absolutely adore the whole sort of Streets of Rage franchise. It was brilliant. It was amazing. I'm really, really grateful that they give you the opportunity to select... The, the the nostalgic graphics rather than the anime the, the newest updated graphics to it but i just feel with golden axe if they kept that to the same sort of style as golden axe 2 i think you'd be on for a winner there not only you'd be bringing back the whole sort of story of the, the little green dwarf guy with the big axe and fiery phoenix firewoman and all that jazz but you'd also sort of 
have an opportunity, especially with um, the capabilities we have nowadays, to actually build a story and actually build more things like spells and greater enemies. So if given the opportunity, yeah, you know what? Bring back Golden Axe. Mine would be Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. I know there's a VR game out right now. Nobody. Medal of Honor has been out for like on Sony for a while. Um, they even made some on Game Boy, which skipped those. Uh, specifically, the one that was made the most impact was in 2002, Medal of Honor Frontline. This is the one that I believe Spielberg actually worked on as well, because they took levels inspired by Saving Private Ryan. So the beginning is you're on the boat, you got the guy puking, whatever, goes, you're storming Normandy. Then they actually have the scene towards the end of Saving Private Ryan where, you know, you have the cafe with Upham up at the top, that scene, and then the sniper tower. Like, there's actual points in it that derived from that movie. But it was so cool. And they had the games like Rising Sun that came out the next year. They pumped these out like every year. It was insane. And then it, once you got like grew up with it, like 2010, they came out with one and the cover had some guy with a giant beer. And the gameplay was good. And then I think they added an online component as well. Medal of Honor Warfighter. It was just, those games were just really good. It's always had a much more serious tone, I believe, than Call of Duty, which I think only recently got serious. I would even go as far to say like Call of Duty 4 like was still like, oh man, I'm, you know, overpowered and I'm just going and stopping the war myself. But Medal of Honor has always been very serious and heavy. It's always been a, a first person shooter that I've, I've enjoyed. I do feel quite sorry for people loving the Medal of Honor series. Because when that first came out, that was your Call of Duty back then. And it felt so close to the whole sort of, you, you know, you had your, your World War II, you had your front line and stuff like that. And it felt like you wanted to be part of history. I kind of agree with Baba here. It should be brought, it should be brought back. Because you, you'll always have your, you know, looking at your Call of Duty franchise, yes, you've got your World War II, you've got your whatever it may be, Cold War back in the Vietnam in the 1980s and stuff like that. But it all started with Medal of Honor. It was more accurate than all your modern day graphics. I mean, you, you had it on console, okay? You had it on console. What did they do? They gave you a world. You want to go to France? It's right there in Medal of Honor. You had the weapons. You had to learn to reload. You didn't have your modern day uh, PK-150 or whatever it's blooming well called. I don't know. You literally had to wait to load up your sniper rifle, which only took one round at a time. I, I really hope one of these days I'll bring back Medal of Honor. So there's a, I believe there's a scene in Medal of Honor. I, I know they, I don't want to say they use it because it came from history, but the game came first with Enemy at the Gates. There's a scene in it like that where I believe it's, you are a soldier in Russia and you're on a boat and it's like the traitors and cowards will be shot. And then like one guy gets the rifle and one guy gets the ammo and you get stuck with the ammo. And you have to, like, go into this charge with no weapon. And it just, I don't know, it puts that feeling in a pit of your stomach. And now it looks old game old. But at the time, it was it was heavy, man. So, And I'm not just saying that because it's an EA title. I think it was fun. I mean, Rising Sun was awesome. It was, it was one of my favorite ones. That had multiplayer, local multiplayer. Me and my friends would play that on GameCube. Weird, I know. But we would play it on GameCube, like, against each other. Days will never get back. Speaking of that, Zambisaurus asks, What game today? reminds you of the nostalgia from when gaming with friends was fun. I love how he implies that gaming with friends today isn't fun because he plays Valorant, which is like mad sweaty. Online games <laughs> with friends are just sweat fests now. So Grant, let's start with you. What, uh, what game reminds you of the nostalgia from back in the day? 
I actually have two. First one, nice and quickly. I'm currently playing a game with the heroes called It's Quiz Time. It's Quiz Time is based on a quiz show, believe it or not. Uh, general knowledge, everyone gets to join in, have fun, be top of the shops. Top of the shops? Top of the pops? I don't know. They're top. They're our number one. And that kind of reminds me of Lights, Camera, Action on the 360. And we're not talking about, I think it's the first one. Now, I know before anyone starts screaming as if there's, I know the one you're talking about. It isn't because the most common one on the Xbox 360 was the yellow box one. I can't remember what the name is called off the top of my head. And it used to come in with all the controllers. The old school controllers. It is super, super rare here in the UK. I can't find it. I used to play this game with my friends all the time, whether it be online or whether we went around someone's house. And the one thing that always, always stood out for me, the questions would always update themselves with films that we didn't even know that was coming out. That's what we absolutely loved about it. And we used to buy pizza, drink, and everything like that. And we used to play two, three rounds of, of Lights, Camera, Action. It was bloody brilliant. The other, I would have to say, unfortunately, it would have to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare, but the co-op. And this sort of reminded me of the whole sort of old school Left for Dead. I used to, again, back on the Xbox 360, myself and three of my mates used to all Go on a Friday, Saturday night, going through all the levels, trying to not get killed by the tank and the hunters and the jumpers and the smokers and everything like that. Kind of reminds me of it. It's literally the player versus the AI. And this is where you had more fun with it. You couldn't predict what the enemy was going to Well, you kind of could predict what the enemy was going to do. And for someone who never played that sort of level before, or don't know this sort of Easter egg. You can actually play little tricks. You can, you know, really screw them over. And that's what made it so much fun. It was their reaction. Exactly the same with the co-op as well. Okay, you get all the um, all the levels all set up. But if you've played it time and time before and someone hasn't, you can actually have a bit of a laugh and kind of screw them over. And just listen to their reaction. And again, you know, it's player versus AI. It's not, I think, serious. It was you grab a couple of beers, you grab some pizzas, and you just have an absolute blast. Yeah, bring back Left 4 Dead. I know there's a, there's a new game, I think it's called Back for Blood, being released this year on, I think it's all, all formats, I think it is, uh, which brings back the whole sort of Left 4 Dead sort of franchise. But you'll never, ever, ever be able to be where it all began, especially when you have to be with your mates. Listeners of the channel know I am a very co-op person. I grew up with it. I shared a room with my brother. I had no choice. Bobble Bobble, huge with us. Streets of Rage, huge with us. The easy answer is Streets of Rage 4, but that's not the answer. It's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I say Streets of Rage isn't the answer because it's stylish, right? It's got beautiful graphics. It looks great. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World is a beat-em-up game. Stuff me and my brother played all the time. You know, when we went to the arcades, we played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We played The Simpsons. We played Turtles in Time. We we played X-Men. Like, we were co-op gamers through and through because, ultimately, we didn't have a choice. There was two of us in, who shared a room. Like, if you weren't playing co-op games, fight was breaking out. Let's be honest. But Scott Pilgrim vs. The World has that feeling of 16-bit look. And when you're playing it, you're just entrenched in this old-school-looking beat-em-up that is just so great so that's my answer because i was playing it and i it's you get like it's like being hugged with a warm blanket 
you know, it's familiar enough that you love it, but it's new enough that a lot of people haven't played it because Activision pulled it for ye 10 years. You didn't get it on the 360. You've never played it. I have enjoyed it. That's what brought it back for me. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And also the soundtrack slaps. Do you remember why it got pulled? Like it was such a big deal and then it just got removed and then it just recently came back and Scott Pilgrim's had like another resurgence in quarantine. So Activision has had multiple licensing issues from back in the 360. So there was Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I was a big Ultimate Alliance player. Ultimate Alliance 2 had DLC that had Carnage and a few others I can't remember. And that got pulled from the store and you, you can never find it again like you can find ultimate alliance 2 on disc but the dlc will never be released ever again it was like this weird time where activision just couldn't get their licenses in a row i actually bought the special edition from limited run games because i'm so okay. uh, the switch version that i won't open because i have the pc version but i like the game that much i was like i gotta support it street fighter 4 specifically uh, i didn't care for 5 that much even though i bought the collector's edition i have a mini cab of 2 behind me street fighter 4 it's just like, kind of what Grant said in the beginning about Mortal Kombat, it just, it doesn't change much. And 4, they didn't try to gouge you with mini transactions like I think they did in 5. And at a competitive level, it's it's the most solid, I think, skill-based fighter that there is. I have a lot of disagreements with 5 uh, in the way they handled it. Like, they lost me very early. I think 4 does it really well, and it brings back just that competitive level of you and your friends just sitting next to each other and mashing buttons sometimes, <laughs> depending on what characters you get. I'm not very good at that game. I consider myself good enough, but that, that's one that brought it down. So that is going to end episode 13 of Three Dads and a Console. Hope you folks enjoyed it. We want to thank Grandudius. Thank you for being a part of the show. Always an honor, Hero. Always an honor. Grand, if people want to hang out with you, where can they find you? Oh, well, come and find me at twitch.tv forward slash grandudius. Details are probably somewhere. We are here Tuesdays through to Fridays, 7 o'clock till 7.30 for Goodnight Grand. If you do love your Harry Potter or you just want to put the little heroes to bed or the kids, whatever's easiest. And then from 7.30 all the way through to 10 p.m. GMT, UK time to make life easier for you. We have Grand Duty's time. Different theme to every single show. We run a two-week rotor and... We do have, as I was mentioning, a very, very, very special five-year anniversary show coming up at the beginning of October, where we have, hopefully, the likes of Weber joining us for some uh, games. I will waive my availability fee, just for you, yeah. Grant. Just no barbecues, yeah? Unless you're bringing me some. And we, before I forget as well, if you are looking for some hype, interactivity, energy, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, we're always, always here for each and every single one of you. So I'm looking forward to seeing you. Folks, please check him out. If you go to my stream and Grand Stream, you'll notice they sound very similar. And it's because Grand Stream heavily inspired mine. So if you have fun in my channel, you'll like his. And if you hate my channel, his is definitely a better version. So you'll enjoy his. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. And Pez, where can folks find you? Just go watch Grand Duty as I'm sure his streams are better than mine anyway. Twitch.tv slash Pizzelle56x. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Unlike my two friends, my streams are very chill. So if you just want to come have a good time, drop some memes, play some Call of Duty, hang out. That's where you can find me. Also, Twitter.com slash Pizzelle56x gaming for all my bad hockey takes. 
Also, we have Court Lalon at Court Lalon. He would tell you not to follow his Twitch because he does not stream. We'll and get him there, though. Yeah, exa- we'll, one day. We will so peer pressure him into streaming. And if you want to <laughs> hang out with me to the moon, you can find me at twitch.tv slash wobbleplays. Or you can find me at YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, at wobbleplays. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Yeah. <laughs>